Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Games for Girls podcast. Um, today we have Clay Travis. Need I even say more? The owner and the founder of Outkick, um, the incredible platform that this podcast is on. He has become a great friend, of course, an ally in this fight, and so many more. Um, just someone I really, truly look up to. Uh, check out the interview with Clay Travis. Clay, thank you so much for joining. Um, I just got to see you at your Halloween party. Um, it was a lot of fun. My husband dressed as Leah Thomas, which was just <laughs> perfect. Um, but again, thank you for coming on. Uh, we have kind of a lot to to dive into because there's been a lot of craziness going on as per usual. But I think I want to first start off with, would you have ever imagined when you started your career that you would be spending time talking about men and women's sports and, and all no. the other crazy issues that we're talking about. All right. So first, let me say your husband, Louie, is awesome. Um, and uh, uh, I was awesome to get to hang out with him again. He is the first person that I've ever met who has legit a combo British and Southern accent, <laughs> which is incredible. And my wife, Laura, thank you for being at the Halloween party. My wife, Laura, uh, is from the Midwest. So she grew up outside of uh, Detroit in Michigan and Oakland County. And I noticed she's been with, uh, so we met in 01. So she's been in Nashville now for 22 years. And I noticed early on, like in the first few years when we started to date, she still probably has a Midwestern accent. I think people can tell where she's from. But now she will speckle so much of her conversation with Nashville-style Southern-isms and language that is really like I don't think people talk enough about the, the 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 interesting dialect when you combine two different places. So your husband's uh, British and uh, Southern accent, my wife's Midwestern and Southern accent is really super interesting to hear. But your husband's one of the coolest uh, accents I've ever heard. <laughs> awesome guy, great costume. So that, back to your question. No, no, I I, I like I started off. I you were uh, what year did you graduate high school? Eighteen. So I started OutKick in 11, right? 2011. So you were like nine or something when I started OutKick. And when I did that, uh, we spent a huge amount of the time. You were like in fifth grade or something. We just did drinking games. It was like, hey, the biggest game is going to be like, you know, uh, Georgia, Florida. Like, let's do a fun drinking game for the cocktail party this year. And every time Vern Lundquist mentions... Uh, you know, where uh, who Tim Tebow's roommate is, you have to drink like totally not serious, fun, like, hey, I love college football. I love, you know, the SEC and and all just like super fun. And then, you know, Johnny Manziel, you know, wearing out the uh, uh, the Scooby-Doo costume and dancing with, uh, you know, like pretty girls on a college campus. Like these are the kind of stories we had right at OutKick. It was just like, Hey, let's just have fun. Let's just enjoy, uh, you know, college football, NFL, sports in general, whatever it is. And then 
Riley, people just went crazy. And so if you had told me, I started writing online about sports in 04. So you were like, what year were you born? I was born in 2000. So you were four years old when I started writing online about sports. All right. Not very serious, laid back, fun. If you had told me in 2004 that by 2020, I would be having to have legitimate arguments about whether dudes could identify as women and and decide they wanted to win women's championships, I never would have believed you. Now, the one thing I will say is this. Once gay marriage became legal, I remember writing and talking about it and being like, okay, where does it go from here? Because people seemed, and, and, and people can have a variety of different opinions on everything, but it seemed to me like that was kind of the extent of inclusion. Like you, you can marry whoever you want. Uh, you know, everybody is protected under the law. If you're an adult, make choices as an adult. But I've talked about with you, I knew we had to go somewhere because the progressive element constantly has to find something new. I just never would have thought it was to hear. And I, I think anyone who is a sports fan and is willing to be honest, because there's a lot of people who are not willing to be honest because they want to keep their jobs at ESPN or whatever else. They all understand how batshit crazy this is. And I can't believe this is legitimately where we are. Uh, but I think it's testament to what happens when you don't call out true lies. And I give you credit for otherwise you'd be in uh, in school, you'd be getting dentist uh, training, right? Like if right. this hadn't happened. No, totally. And I think it's, I think it's almost ironic that you started your career thinking, you know, doing things just, it's not that serious, you know, you're having fun, but half of the stuff you're reporting on now seems not that serious, but it is right. Like there's, there's real consequences and there's, there's real effects to this stuff. And one more important piece you mentioned is you said, if you're a legitimate sports fan, you know, this is crazy. And, yeah. and that's what I've seen too, is a lot of this opposition pertaining to sports, specifically allowing men into women's sports is coming from people who have never played a sport in their entire yeah. life. So yeah, and I, their I, argument is invalid. Yeah, I give a pass to people who just really aren't that interested in sports, right? I would say there's 20% of the American public that didn't play sports, that doesn't understand it at all, that totally is just kind of out to lunch and they're just thinking about it purely from a political perspective. But if you have ever played sports, I mean, you know this, I mean, growing up, the size of your high school, uh, we make choices, you know, like there's different state championships based on whether you happen to go to a high school with 2000 kids or 250 kids. Like that's a big difference. Um, you know, it, it, I, I coach Little League, right? So I have coached Little League basketball, Little League, uh, every sport, basically, right? If I suddenly show up with a 16-year-old to play 12-year-old baseball, every parent would be like, no, that's totally unacceptable. We have age range. We have school size. We have, um, uh, we have uh, fight weight classes for boxing and, and UFC and everything else. And the most important, I think, classification is men and women's sports. And so if you, had, if you told me, hey, you have to give up everything else, I guess we could have one state champ. The big schools would have an advantage. I guess we could have one fighting champion. It would mean if you weigh like 120 pounds, you never win anything if you're a dude, right? It wouldn't be fair. But I would say if you had to pick one division not to give up, it would be the difference between men's and women's. And so 
it's crazy that we're here, but I, I was texting with you, I think on Friday or something like, I do think in the next five to 10 years, we're going to win this because I think the truth does matter in the long run. Uh, but I think in the short term, they're going to try to demonize as is happening to you, anyone who is willing to speak out and tell the truth because they need you to feel the consequences to scare other people from getting in line with you. Of course. And I totally agree. There's no sustainability to this issue. No way. Um, recently, the past week or so. Um, well, actually, okay, so I'm going to UC Davis on Friday to speak. It's a very similar message to what I, I use this platform to talk about, right? Of course, what it took to be an athlete, the unfair competition of allowing men into women's sports, the locker room, the silencing, the broader picture of what this means and how we're denying truth. That's the message, right? The message is very much pro-woman. Yeah. Reality, it's pro-fairness, it's pro-truth. Um, I was using Eventbrite to promote this event, to to get tickets. Of course, tickets were free. It, it was merely just to make things easier to, to coordinate. Eventbrite, I got an email um, about a week and a half before the event. Um, this email says, you know, you violated our discriminatory policies, our hateful content policies. Uh, we've removed your event. Um, I was shocked by this because again, what policy was I violating? My message isn't anti anything. Um, the, the title of the event on Eventbrite was literally protecting women's sports. Yes. Apparently that's that's discriminatory. So you had a little bit of an exchange with the co-founder and chairman of Eventbrite, Kevin Hartz. Tell us what that looked like. I couldn't believe this was really him, uh, honestly. And, and I haven't heard, I mean, if we had an honest media, like people would have gone after him and just been like, what are you talking about, dude? But, um, but essentially, uh, he, you know, insulted me, insulted, uh, you know, you and Outkick and everybody else publicly on uh, Twitter, I guess now X, if we're supposed to call it that. And he, he lied and said, like, no, there's no prohibition on, uh, on Riley's event. And there's no pro Hamas events that are up uh, at all. And, you know, I feel fortunate that we have such a committed group of people who work hard at OutKick on a day-to-day -day basis that can go after stories like these and, and write them up. But I, I just, the, um, the idea that what you are saying is unacceptable. Let me just be clear. I think Eventbrite should basically let every event that is legal organized. If, you're, if you were like, hey, we're going to go to a mall and we're going to steal everything in Nordstrom and this is our platform to organize it. I'd be like, OK, you know, Eventbrite shouldn't do that. We're going to go and we're going to burn down uh, all sorts of businesses as part of a riot. No, you, you legal. But if you are legally advocating for something that you believe in, I think it's an easy call for an Eventbrite or any other company. You should be able to do it. I don't agree with people who are protesting in favor of Palestine or Hamas or, or anti-Israel uh, Israel in their perspective right now. But I think in America, they should be able to do so as long as they do show legally. But what makes me sometimes just want to pull my hair out, and I'm sure it does for you now as you've seen this world that we're in, is your position is one that I firmly believe 90% of yes. people who have been involved in athletics agree with, right? And so the idea that it's somehow hateful or unacceptable for women's athletic uh, support to actually include only women is 
bonkers. I mean, it's crazy that they would take this down. So we just had, like in the last hour or so, I'm looking at the clock right now, the governor of Virginia, you didn't even know he was going to do this. No. Uh, Glenn Youngkin came on our radio show, specifically cited you and how uh, much he appreciated and supported you because Glenn Youngkin used to play basketball at Rice University back in the day. He was a college athlete as well. And he said the state of Virginia is no longer going to do business with Eventbrite and encouraged other states to make the same decision if they won't allow events like yours to take place. Uh, so credit to Glenn Youngkin. But this is all you helping to advance this cause because of the stupidity of other people surrounding you who are trying to stop you from having success and speaking out and, and, and I think sharing an important uh, message. Well, no doubt. And you're exactly right. That kind of leadership that Governor Youngkin displayed more of that. That is what we need. Um, we saw that be effective with Bud Light. I say we give Eventbrite the Bud Light treatment. Um, if they so unapologetically, um, I guess our anti-woman, if we're going to use this anti-language, if they're so unapologetically anti-woman, I think that's what needs to happen. Um, and what blew my mind is the CEO and and the other co-founder, I don't know if it's if it's Kevin's wife or or sister or what, but they share a last name, um, Julia Hartz. She's a woman and she's allowing this to continue at her company. But I thought it was pretty telling. They, of course, removed all comments. They shut down uh, their Twitter, their Instagram, their TikTok, all the stuff, um, which, again, I, I think it just shows um, they knew what they did was wrong. Of course, they would never say sorry just like the president of the NCAA. Um, they would never admit what happened was mistreatment or, or by any means wrong, um, although they do know it. Uh, speaking of the yes. whole NCAA, blah, 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 I have been so thrilled to see what you have done over the past couple of days um, with this, this idea, this actually this promise, a million dollars on the line. You've got a WNBA team. Yes. Is a state championship high school boys basketball team. Um, any person, as you said, who watches sports, who knows sports, who understands the fundamental differences between men's basketball and women's basketball knows the outcome, right? Yes. Um, talk about this because honestly, I'm looking at this and these women should be ecstatic if they really thought they could win. Oh my gosh, a million dollars, right? Uh, but yeah. that doesn't seem to be the response that they've had. So I, I'm still, again, so many of the things that become stories, I'm surprised they become stories. Um, this, uh, my opinion, uh, let me first say this. This is important. Men are bigger, stronger, and faster than women. That's not me making like some anti-women. sexist to say that. That is biology, right? Now, some women are bigger, stronger, and faster than some men, right? That doesn't mean, but it, when you get, and you know this better than anybody, uh, and any college athlete or, or pro athlete knows this, when you get to elite levels, your, your husband was an elite male swimmer. You could spend the rest of your life trying to be a faster swimmer than him, I bet, working as hard as you can. Your husband could probably eat a lot of hamburgers, get out of shape, not work that hard. And because what is he like six, three, six, four, he's bigger, stronger, and faster than you. That, that, that is just the reality. Um, In my event of the 200 freestyle, he would hold the, the American record by over five seconds. 
Yes. And of course, we know in swimming, even one second is a huge amount of time. Is five seconds for people who don't follow swimming closely. Swimming is a sport that's measured down to the hundredth of a second. So to have someone even leading the nation or or um, posting some record-breaking time of by one second is a tremendous amount. Um, yes. Five seconds. I mean, I spent my whole college career dedicated to shaving merely a few one hundredths of a second off my time. Let's be real. That's what you do. So to shave five seconds, it will never be broken by any woman. And my husband, he was. Sorry, Louie. He was a walk-on swimmer at University of Kentucky, right? Like, yeah. it's not like he was some incredible standout. Granted, I think he's really cute, but he's not some <laughs> incredible stud male swimmer. So, yeah, you're exactly right. So, what, this is important, I think, all the time. You can believe that everybody should be able to try to attend, the, uh, uh, aspire to the absolute apex of their ability. But we shouldn't pretend that things that are true are not true, because that's the, and to me, antithesis of what we should do as adults in society. We should acknowledge truths. So with that in mind, um, the one of the WNBA players called me a dumbass for saying, uh, and I think I said it back in February, that a men's, uh, boys really, boys high school state championship team would be able to beat, in my opinion, the WNBA champion. Um, and so one of the W uh, the WNBA champs are the Las Vegas Aces, and one of those players reached out uh, on Twitter and called me a dumbass. And so I look there. I'm read. Look, if my wife was here, she'd be like Clay Travis. He has a lot of dumbass opinions. I'm not claiming that I don't sometimes say things that are stupid. I usually will put my money uh, where my mouth is on things like this. And so I said I tweeted to her on Friday. I said, look, here's the parameters. You called me a dumbass. I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is. I will pick in 2024, March, when the state champions uh, occur, I will pick a, a boys high school state champion team. I will put a million dollars of my own money on that team to beat your team, the WNBA Aces. If I am wrong, then I will give you $1 million of my own money for you and all your teammates. I'll admit that I was wrong. You can prove me wrong in a game, which is ultimately what athletics is about. Two people think they're better. Somebody's going to win. Survival of the fittest. That's what competition is. All right. If I'm right, though, you guys were betting, give me a million dollars. I will take your million dollars and give it to the boys high school team because I want to incentivize them to try their hardest to win, too. The WNBA has declined comment. The Las Vegas Aces has declined comment. Riley. I think this would probably be the most watched WNBA game of all time. Everybody, the amount of reaction that just the offer of a million dollars on the table has gotten is massive. And I think it would go a long way towards showing us that, again, biology is real. If I'm wrong and these girls, these women come out and dominate, more power to them. They get a million dollars of my money. But if I'm right, these high school boys get their money. Um Either way, to me, it's a compelling sporting event that I think a lot of people would like to watch. No doubt. And, and just as you said, um, put your money where your mouth is. What about the player who initially reached out? Um, she won't yeah. say a word. She called yeah. me. Look, there are lots of people. It's probably not going to shock you, Riley. There are lots of people who've called me a dumbass over the years. Um, and uh, and a lot of them are my friends. Um, and, and sometimes they're right. Like, right? I'm not claiming. When you're in the opinion business, 
sometimes I'm wrong, right? I, I lose a lot of bets. Um, I did a sports gambling show for four years. I once lost, I think it was 17 straight Major League Baseball bets. That's hard to do. Um, so, look, I'm, I'm comfortable with the idea that sometimes I'm wrong. Uh, but to call out someone, to get a response that to me seems very fair, hey, not only do I still stick by what my opinion was, but I'll put a million dollars on the line to prove that I'm right, you can prove that I'm wrong, um, and then run and hide when you actually get called out, I think is kind of emblematic, frankly, of the social media era in which we live, which is a lot of people run their mouths, but uh, but a lot of times when you actually say, okay, let's do something in public with it, uh, there's a lot of hiding. Well, it's like Keith Olbermann, right? Uh, it's the same thing. This man, he, I, I didn't even know who he was. I'd ask my dad, I'm like, who is this old man that's like attacking me, dad? Who is this? He was like, oh my gosh, he was an ESPN commentator when I played. Um, <laughs> and so coming after me, you jump in and, and defend me and my position. And you say, you know, I'd love to have you on the show. We can debate anywhere where you want, anytime, yep. any place, uh, crickets. And again, I think it's telling, it's emblematic, just as you said. Um, it shows you that they can't back what they're saying. Whereas, For people who don't know, Keith Olbermann just out of nowhere said the reason you lost to Leah Thomas, and I'm paraphrasing, was because you just stunk as a swimmer, right? Like, out of nowhere, <laughs> Keith Olbermann, who's like 60 years old, it's probably the most devastating thing to him, honestly, given his ego, that you had to ask your dad who he was. <laughs> uh, because I bet he was like, because when I was a kid, um, Keith Olbermann, like, I've said this before. If you had told me when I was 13 years old, when I was eating breakfast, watching Sports Center in the morning, that Keith Olbermann was ever going to know my name, I'd be like, this is, oh, I, I can't believe this. Um, but this is where, you know, this left wing insanity leads. You're just randomly going and attacking you. And by the way, you broke a trophy, uh, showing <laughs> trophies, and to the credit of the Southeastern Conference, they replaced the trophy that got broken, right? So it's now, uh, I think that's right. Of course. No, they did. They sent a brand new one to my house, um, which was super duper cool. Um, and and I think, again, to my point in that video to Olbermann, I had so many of those trophies that I didn't even care that I broke it, right? Like, who cares? Um, but that was really cool. They sent me another one. So, um, yeah, that was pretty awesome. But that's where that's where this left wing insanity. That, that's where I would call out Keith Olbermann. If you have spent your whole life covering sports, you know how no. much there is in biology, right? If it's some MSNBC commentator who never played sports and does, isn't involved in sports and they want to have a political take, I give them a little bit of a pass because they're just not cognizant of the difference. But Keith Olbermann made a career in sports. He knows the difference. And he actually reached out and told you that you suck because you weren't able to beat a man. Like, he knows better. And he's allowed the dogma of his political beliefs to, in my opinion, totally destroy his brain. No doubt. But you're exactly right. That's, what, that's why I have a problem with the IOC. That's why I have a problem with the NCAA and people at yeah. ESPN who explicitly cover sports. They know the difference, yet they're yeah. choosing to ignore it. They're choosing to lie. I mean, you can't convince me that they actually believe these things because I no, know they don't. Ellie, I think this is important. It also shows who has real political power. Of course. Because trans people were actually in the danger and fear that they claim uh, 
wouldn't the political power not all be aligned behind them? Uh, everybody is afraid of being targeted by the trans community, which is why all these guys are afraid to say what they actually believe. Like I got into it with an ESPN uh, sports center anchor, you know, over the summer, I think and I said, dude, just answer this question. Do you think that women should be able to compete with uh, men should be able to compete against women and win women's championships? If you are in sports and you won't answer that question, no, then you aren't in sports. You are in politics and pretending. Could not have said it better. And you should be fired immediately. Um, I remember when ESPN came out during Women's History Month and started posting Thomas as this brave, stunning, inspiring individual who has conquered the seemingly impossible through adversity and persecution and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I remember watching that thinking, if I was a woman at ESPN and this was going on, I would walk out. I mean, I would. I, I know it's easier said than done. Of course, it's easier said than done. But how could, as a woman working at ESPN, you watch that and think, yes, <laughs> no, it's crazy. I, I made this analogy. I think you can, you can, you know, sp sprinkle it in every now and then on some of your speaking uh, engagements. Men don't stand for this. And no. I, I think this is women's uh, openness and friendliness and, uh, and, and just genuine kindness actually being taken advantage of. Because I totally agree. You mentioned Bud Light. When Bud Light tried to get men to drink beer by saying, hey, this is a dude pretending to be a girl, uh, guys just said, no, this we're not going to do this. Like, there's no woman who identifies as a man that is being named the man of the year anywhere, right? Like, because men would just be like, what are you talking about? Like, you're not a man. Like, you're certainly not the man of the year. This is insulting. Like, you've well, been a man whole life, and you decide to become a woman, and in the first year, you get woman of the year? I mean, this this is like I I get it. it's like pull your hair out crazy, but I think it's it's because men will just call out the BS, and course. I think I think a lot of women are worried. I had this conversation with my wife about being considered unkind, and so they aren't willing to call out when, in my opinion, the gender is being made a mockery of. Because my wife, and I bet you feel the same way, she gets really fired up about this. She said, you know what? A man who is 25 and suddenly decides to become a man, a woman, or whatever. Like, he wasn't 16 walking through a parking lot late at night terrified that he was going to get raped, right? Like, with, uh, you know, like, the keys ready to be used as, uh, like, and, and I think that, I, obviously, I haven't had any of this experience. I never, like, lived through that. I never think about it. But there are a ton of things that women deal with that men never even contemplate. And it would be such the height of arrogance for me to say, oh, now I'm a woman and I know exactly what you're dealing with. No, you wouldn't. Like, you couldn't possibly because I never grew up and experienced any. Anyway, so I, I've, I've actually talked to a lot of people about this because it's not just that it's crazy to me. It's that I'm trying to even conceptualize what that would be like. And of course. the one that ultimately comes home, Riley, is... If I said to you right now, hey, I'm black or hey, I'm Asian or hey, I'm Hispanic, it would be super racist of me to make that argument. Yet I think men of all races and women of all races have far more in common with each other than men and women do from a biological perspective. Right. So one, it's brave to be a different sex, but it's racist to be a different race. I can't ever reconcile that in my mind. No. And one more point, because I think it's really interesting about how men wouldn't put up with it. 
Notice we're even changing the language that we use as it pertains to women. Mm -hmm. uh, we're now being called cervix havers and uterus owners and menstruators and bleeders and chest feeders and birthing people and whatever else. Do you think men for one second would be would put up with being called erection havers or sperm producers? No way, <laughs> no way. And again, it shows, we talk a lot about our physical differences between men and women yeah. in this argument, but it shows the innate personality traits that differ too, because the men who are entering, who are identifying, self-identifying as women, who are entering into our spaces, are demanding the language that we call them. They're the same aggressive, assertive men that they were when they were born. Uh, it's innate. No, uh, I, I, you made on our Outkick show, we did on Fox News, a really good point that I, I had not thought about that much. Even something simple like saying biological woman is acquiescing to the concept that there's some other kind of woman or like biological man. And the other part of this is if we want to talk, and I think a lot of this is, is over uh, analyzed, but if we want to talk about white privilege, how is there not a bigger white male privilege than deciding to be a woman becoming a women's champion and a woman of the year in like the first year and a half that you've ever been. Uh, yeah, they're uh, oppressed. Yeah. They're the ones who are marginalized. No, isn't this the, isn't this the patriarchy they were so worried about? Um, we now have men explaining to women what feminiz feminism is. And uh, claim that they get periods. Like, <laughs> I don't even understand. Like, again, I'm not an expert on women's life. Uh, I've been married almost 20 years. I'm confident that I have never had uh, any period-related issues. So maybe that's going to change in the future, and I'll be the woman Are of the sure? year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, Riley, if I pivoted and I just totally decided that I was a chick, um, I would love to just see the the reaction as, like, would I suddenly be brave that I was being my true self? I mean, this is crazy talk, right? Like, I just I, – I can't – it makes me – I've used analogy a couple times, but it does – I look around and I just think the world has truly gone crazy because as I told you, when I started writing online, like we just did drinking games and talked about who was going to win SEC football games. I did never think the country was going to go so crazy, but also that so few people would be willing to speak the truth that I would look around and be like, well, if I don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. And I think that's where you found yourself now, too. Of course. Um, you have a new book, American Playbook. Um talk about it i want you to be able to tell people where they can get it um where yeah. it's available what's it about well coincidentally have it sitting within five feet of me everywhere in my house um but uh this book is out i travel all over the country um i i spend a lot of time you met a couple of my boys i think when you were at the house um wondering not only look i'm 44 uh i've probably lived you know roughly half my life maybe more than it uh more than half um and i think a lot about the country that is going to be left behind for my boys who are 15, 13, and 9. And this book is my answer to how do we get back to a sense of normalcy and what I think is the best country that's ever existed in the history of the world. And so this is my answer. I feel like, and I'm sure you know exactly what, what the concept is, when you're active every day with radio or TV or podcast, it very often feels like you're a short order cook because you're always responding to whatever chaos is occurring in the moment. And so for the book, I felt like I could take a step back and say, okay, I want this to be good a year from now. I want this to be good two years from now. What would make America sane again? That's kind of the concept behind uh, the, the fabric in which the book was written.
wonderful. I think people are hungry to hear it. Um, so thank you for coming on. Thank you for everything that you do. You have an amazing team here at Outkick. I am so, so grateful to be a part of it. Um, and you're just someone I admire. You're someone who is genuine well, and personable and smart, which is rare. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's I, hard to find. Um, but you're one of those people. So I appreciate you. I appreciate the compliments, but the truth of the matter is you are far braver than me and you are doing it at a far, far younger age. And what you are doing, I genuinely be, uh, believe this, is massively important for tons of women out there, a lot of whom may not have even been born yet. Uh, the, the quote that I keep coming back to that OutKick had up, and I know you understand this, is we had a UPenn swimmer who said, and it might have been Paula, who now it may have been her quote, and if it was, uh, I give her credit for this. But she said, you know, if I, if I have kids one day, I hope they are boys, because otherwise, if I have girls, one swimmer on the Penn women's swimming team has done this, there may not be spots for women. And that's crazy. And it's anti-Title IX and it's anti the entire basis upon which sports have existed and continue to exist. And so I hope we keep uh, fighting. And I know you are killing it. And uh, I'm thankful we have you at OutKick. But I appreciate your bravery going all over the country and speaking what is unquestionably the truth to people that are trying to keep you from saying. Onward. Full steam ahead. <laughs> thank, thank you. Keep up the good work. Thanks to Clay for coming on. Uh, isn't he just the coolest? Um, there are very few in this space who are as awesome and unapologetic as he is. Make sure you go check out his book, American Playbook. Um, you can go to the www.rallygainscenter.org to check out the Rally Gain Center. Um, see where a couple of different universities and college campuses that I'm speaking at coming up soon. Um, uh, thanks for listening. You can get your podcast where you get any podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Outkick.com. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and I will see you guys next week.